Your life can be full of inspiration and magic, and you don't need glass slippers to get there. Welcome to the podcast for real life heroines with author, speaker, and coach, Susanna Liller. Join us as we work with key elements of personal development to assist you in hearing the calls that life has for you. Be inspired, be empowered, and be encouraged. Let's start today's episode with your host, Susanna Liller. going to begin. Hi, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast for real life heroines. I get to interview on this show women who have answered a call or maybe many calls in the case of Rain Thomas. I think you're going to hear that to be bigger, to do something bigger than themselves that um, they answer that call and then in response, they grow bigger, they evolve, they grow and grow and grow because we get many calls in our lifetime. So Rain Thomas, welcome. I'm so pleased that you're here. I'm excited. This is exciting. Thank you. And calling in from Las Vegas where I checked and I think it's 150. But yeah, 150. That's perfect. So if you start melting, we'll know why. It's it's okay. (laughs) And I think even before I read your bio, I'm wondering, can you just introduce the friend you brought along who's behind you? Oh, this is my friend Curvy. There's only a few in the country. She's a an old-fashioned dress form for curvier women because they used to be the small ones and it wasn't very popular because women didn't see themselves like this. They saw themselves smaller. So this didn't go over very well, but now she's one of the ones living here with me so I can look at her and know that we're both curvy. And if she wants to make any comment during this interview, just let me know. I certainly will. And um, I just, even before, again, reading the bio, I, um, I want to share how we met because I'm kind of astounded by it. And if I were to guess how many years ago, you're going to have to help me. I'm thinking it was 10, 15 years ago. About 15. Yeah. I'm sitting in the Las Vegas airport. I had been working on this crazy airport project and I was waiting for a flight and I'm reading a book and this woman rain comes up to me and says you look like you like to read and she handed me a bookmark and the book was Gracieisms that she had just written and um we struck up a conversation we got connected on it must have been, I don't know, maybe it was email at that time, not social media. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But then our lives went different ways. I lost track of you. And then maybe a year ago, you found me and we connected. And so what I think is so great about that is that the littlest reaching out that one human to another can cause such a lovely flowering, you know, and here you are. So Thank you for doing that. Well, of course. I mean, I don't do that to everybody. I mean, it may look like I'm an airport stalker, but I'm not. I'm a people collector. And um, 
you know, sometimes you can just feel this person is getting ready to play a role in your life or vice versa. And I thought of you over the years and I thought, oh, I said, um, you know, I guess she'll pop up when she's supposed to. And here you are. Am I popped? Okay. Well, I love that story. I love that we found each other again. So, so who is this woman, Rain Thomas? She was born and raised, even though she's living in Las Vegas now, a Bronx, New York girl with a serious passion for fun. And that, that's probably the first thing, healing and laughter. She is a blues vocalist, actor, author, and voluntary spokesperson fundraiser for cancer and breast cancer since 1976. That's a long time. A long time. Yeah. Rain's main focus is making others feel alive through her voice and sense of humor, which lead her to create her, led her to create her all around wellness company. Prepare for this title, everybody. <laughs> Prunes are sexy over 15 years ago. And we'll be talking about that. <laughs> Anyone who knows Rain knows she is an experienced junkie because she believes the world is full of wonderful things that everyone should see, feel, do, and eat. And I agree, it is full of that. And she doesn't wanna miss anything. Rain immerses herself in fun every chance she gets and doesn't mind dragging others in for the excitement. Rain is a 10 year breast cancer survivor and continues to inspire others through her love of life and all it has to offer. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not everybody is seeing you. Um, some people will see you when we put this on YouTube, but for the podcast, they can't see your beautiful face, though we'll have your picture. But Rain is the person with the most beautiful smile and just looking at her, you feel happy. So here we are getting a chance to do this together and it's great. And um, you know why I wore my lemon dress? Because, and you know, I thought this when I saw it, I said, oh, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. But I was like, oh, that's probably kind of like corny, but maybe. It's corny, but you actually said it to me. And maybe I said it to you in my notes. I've got, she makes lemonade out of lemons. So. Here's what we're going to do, Rain. I'm going to say different words, and I'd like you to just, from our conversation together, and I'd like you just to react to them and just say a few words, I mean, just a little bit about each one, because there is a lot. Wanna, oh, boy. <laughs> I want to say to my listeners that um, I have three pages of many things that all the things in film and television and vocal and theater and volunteer work and speaking engagements. I mean, we could be here until tomorrow, but I'm gonna just pick a few highlights and if you could just say what they're about, okay? I like it, it's like a fun game of sorts. Right, right. So how about we just start with this Madame Duverac. Who the heck is ah. Madame Duverac? 
Um, a few years ago, one of my really great friends, uh, Scott Hill, who is the general manager of Theater West Virginia, he somehow, he's always in something. You think I have a lot of fingers and toes. He is, and that's probably why we get along so well. But he brought me out a few times to perform for live theater out there in uh, roles that people hadn't played before, people of color. And then he introduced me to Danny Boyd, who wrote Paradise Park years ago, West Virginia cult classic. And this huckster guy comes to town and, you know, there's these people, it's God comes to a trailer park is the way they sum it up. And people start figuring out what they want because he's going to grant a wish and this huckster comes through. And Danny somehow says, Rain, I'm going to rewrite that part. It'd never been a musical before. You're going to play the huckster and you're going to play Madame Duverex. So he wrote out the guy's part. It wasn't even a musical and wrote me in. They wrote a song for me. They had some great writers and musicians come along that are West Virginia proud and they wrote no money down. So I really just come out one time and it's just wild and crazy and boom, Madame Duverex. <laughs> wow. And so you were the huckster that was God in the trailer park. Wow. <laughs> the whole thing, I sit, act one, I'm not in there at all. And then act two, you know, they're in the trailer park and everybody starts biting at each other because they're like, well, if there's one wish, I want the wish, I want the wish, I want the wish. And there's one guy there who's like, I'm going to become rich. And Madame Duverac says, I don't need no money down and I have to buy these houses. And this trailer rose up. And this wacky doodle music comes on, like da, 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 da. and the trailer opens up, and the strobe light is in there with velvet curtains, and there I am in this silver, like sequin dress with a whole entourage of women and men dancers, and they escort me out, and I come out, and there's this place is just, you know, what are you doing here? It was awesome, and they're going to bring it back one more time, I think, next year, so um, I look forward to playing Madame Duverac one not. more time. Definitely, it sounds wonderful, and they should it's film fun. it, yeah. Well, so the role of a hustler. Yeah. Uh, so we also talked about your dad. Yeah. And I had asked you, because typically I'm talking with women who I call real-life heroines, because they've answered their call and stepped into something greater. And I explained that to you and you said, well, I don't really fit that framework because I've, I've always been reacting, reacting, reacting to what comes down the pike. I could say, but I'm not gonna press the point too much with you, but that, well, each of those times you are leaping in response to what's being called from within you and that has grown you into this whew, mega wonderful person. But you said, well, it's because of my dad. And wanna just say a few words about your dad? Well, my dad was a street hustler. I mean, he had a regular job, but he was one of those people who street hustled and he ran after women. And everywhere he took me, something was going on that shouldn't have been going on. And, you know, you're always reacting and it's, it's it's always fight or flight as a kid. And um, 
I guess I was about two or three and used to take me to bars and juke joints and say, you know, you sum up everybody in 30 seconds in this room because it could save your life. Well, you're always on fight or flight at that point. You know, you're like, okay, that person's a prostitute. That person's a drug dealer. That person's carrying a gun. That person's a woman beater. This woman is crazy. I mean, you're like that all the time because anywhere you go with him, you never know what you're going to be in. So I don't think it, it, it just grew a sense of fear. And my whole life has been walking into a room and when do I have to depart here or who will I have to shut down or what's getting ready to happen here? And it, that's where it comes from. Always finding a way to get out of a situation or course correct in a situation, but also being able to gather people because usually 99.9% .9 of people in the room are normal. And then you get this other person who's like a crazy element. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where it comes from. It's, it's the fight or flight in me. Right. Which is when we talked about turning lemons into lemonade, which you have been able to do time and time again. And so I could say, yeah, you've received many calls in your life because also because of your willingness to go there um, and explore and spin many plates and you know your love of life. Um, but I wanna go then to a different kind of a man in your life. And I wanna ask you to um, say something about the county fair pickup line. <laughs> Are you talking about my husband? Yeah. Total opposite of me. Um, doesn't care for people at all. Yeah, just, you know, would rather stay away from them. Super tall, very quiet, you know, not ever going to be the life of the party. Doesn't want the life of the party coming to him. Of course, I don't know how you could figure that when you marry me, right? And I walked up to him and I said, um, well, he was actually just kind of standing there and I and I said, I don't do dishes, I don't do laundry, and I don't do windows. And he's kind of shy and he's like, I don't like to cook. And I said, good, this is perfect. I said, but stand right here. I gotta take a piss, I'll be right back. And I walked off, I went to the bathroom and I thought, you know, if he's interested, this is who I am right off the bat. He'll be there when I come back. And sure enough, he was standing in the same spot. <laughs> How many years have you been married to this man? Um, we this Halloween we will it will be twenty five years together. Wow! Yeah, and what a great pickup line, right? <laughs> you didn't know him at all, did you? No. no, you know what? My whole life is like that. Just like walking up to you or walking up to someone. I mean, I wasn't really a dater. But I mean, I got right to the point and people say, oh, you're never gonna find anyone. I said, well, that's fine. Cause you know, first date, what are you looking for? Oh, I'd like to get married, have kids. You're never gonna see me again. And they're like, why not? Because I don't like children and I don't want any. And people were like, you don't know where this can go. I'm like, a lie can't go anywhere. I mean, you know, with my dad being a street hustler I've seen and heard every line you could possibly think of. And I couldn't believe some of the women that believe those lines because it was like that that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard it's uh, you know you're building on a broken foundation so I just thought you know based on watching him and my mom and some other stuff I, I just didn't want to be that person I, I didn't know what to do I didn't want to do that it seems like you must have a good sense of intuition 
you have to, if you're going to grow up in some place like the Bronx at a time, we're talking about the late sixties, early seventies with, uh, you know, drugs were rampant. There was a lot of crazy, I mean, New York, the old New York was a whole different world. I mean, it was very dirty and gritty, but it was also very real. I mean, you could shoot someone on the curbside and no one even looked twice. They just kept walking and minding their own business. It was a, a different mindset. So yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> stay in the course. <laughs> How does intuition usually speak to you? Is it like something and you feel in your gut that you know that this is a good person I want to get to know, or this is someone to stay away from. And how does that come into your being? You know what? I, I, it's just second nature. It's probably first nature for me at this point. You know, I can walk down the street or, you know, go anywhere. And I, I instantly know whether I'm supposed to be associated with this person or is this person playing a role or, cause the person can be dangerous and still play a role in your life. You know, I have friends from all walks of life wow. and um, it is just, I just know it, it doesn't take me 30 seconds. It takes me five seconds. And, you know, it's funny cause a lot of people say, well, you're not giving a person a chance. You don't know whether they're going to be good. Yeah, actually I do. And it, whether I'm giving them a chance or not, I've been around enough craziness to know I don't need to give you a chance. I just need to move on. There's so many other people I can get involved with. I don't need this. And I just keep going. Well, you have a good internal GPS system. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So here's a name for you I'd like you to react to. Well, it's a couple words. Frog on a bog. What's what's that, Rain? Tell us. Well, you know, like you say, I, I'm always reinventing something. I don't know if it's myself or my thoughts. I, you know, based on where I come from, it's really hard to get quiet. So there's always stuff going on. I never feel like I'm doing enough. And in 1976, I started volunteering uh, as a spokesperson and a fundraiser for cancer and breast cancer. Had nothing to do with family. I just kind of fell into it. I mean, I was a kid. And over the years, I've gone out and talked to people about raising funds and being aware in your community. And that's all over the globe. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, we can only, we, I only have a dollar, I only have $5. Yeah, but if you go in your community and there's 3,000 people and each person has a dollar, you know, a woman or a man who's going through breast cancer that doesn't have $2 to park every day while they're going through treatment, that's a lot of money. So just trying to make people see things differently and creating lots of different fundraisers because we all know fundraising and begging for money gets old. People are like, oh, I gave to so-and-so, I do the walk, blah, blah, blah. But to me, reinventing it where they want to get involved. Oh, so I create this and I create that. And, you know, a few months ago, I created the rainwear line, the Never Alone collection. Yes, right there, right there. Me too, me too. <laughs> and I had five unsus unsuspecting friends create names for colors. And they couldn't understand what they were doing. I said, you, this is the deadline. I need you to create an original name for color. And they had no idea, which they never do. So I get these weird names that we can't pronounce, right? And I create 
the rainwear collection. I had rainwear actually about 35 years ago when I had my own designer collection of menswear, tall menswear and mm. earrings and jeans. And I, I didn't want to design. I mean, I learned to sew at an early age, another one of those things to you know, keep your mind off of other things. And I was like, I don't want to sew, but I always kept rainwear. And I was like, oh, what if I create this line and women and men and whomever would buy these lipsticks and they're only limited. They're only going to be around for three or four months or six months or two weeks, but percentages go to breast cancer patients and or their families and or survivors. So always creating something new to keep it fresh. Well, here's the, and so I just have to say that they're really good lipsticks. They feel yeah. great. They let it's they're they're wonderful. And so I have frog on a bog and I have Ziasper. <laughs> so you tell your friend that came up with that one that that's well, both of them. I love both of them. So I will. Yeah. And I didn't know they were going to be just for a while. So people need yeah. to go to Rediva Productions, right? Dot com yeah. and buy them. Or one is already sold out because I'm getting ready to stop the line. I did it yesterday because I have something new I'm going to add to the line in a couple of weeks. Are you going to be sharing that with us now or should we just wait patiently? You'll just have to wait patiently. Okay, I can do it, but I can't wait. I cannot even imagine. Okay, so, so, Prune Queen. Rune Queen. I know that um, <laughs> you are the Prune Queen. So I am. <laughs> we need to hear about that. I'm the Prune Queen. I'm the Prune Whisperer. I am the owner and creator of Prunes Are Sexy and Prunes Are Sexy National Holiday, which is June 15th every year. Um, it started the short version, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to eat candy. So I could eat fruit, but I, I liked fruit, but I liked raisins, a little small, but I liked prunes because they were like giant raisins and squishy. And so they became my all around favorite fruit. And, you know, every time you tell people I like prunes, they look at you like you broke in the Pope's house and stole something. And I'm like, they're good for you. And so about 15, 20 years ago, I told my husband, I said, you know what? I'm tired of people making fun of the prune. I'm going to make the prune sexy. And, you know, he does what everybody does. He's like, okay, do your thing. So I started Prunes Are Sexy Productions and it prunes making you run for breast cancer. So one of my friends and I, she's in the military. She just retired actually. She, she's like, well, let's do some t-shirts and we'd wear them. And of course people would want one. And it's to remind you that wellness is a step. So, you know, people would private message me or people I don't know. And they say, well, you know, I can't even walk to the kitchen. I said, well, put on the prunes or sexy shirt with a big prune and sneakers. And every time you look at it, take a step further. And you get people who call and write and say, now I can walk to my mailbox or, you know, I go to the corner or it makes me laugh. And that's what it's designed to do. So we would sign up for like half marathons and 10 Ks and wear the prunes or sexy shirt and, and then prunes making you run, you know, and then people are like, oh, what's that about? <laughs> 
<laughs> and, um, you know, just, I told him, I said, it's a movement. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, you know, it's been uh, lots of prunes are sexy stuff and went in and invested in some wines and started collections of prunes are sexy wine for fundraisers. People love it. They love the different labels. So they would buy cases. And depending on the wines, a portion of it goes to breast cancer or 100% goes to breast cancer survivors, especially in Nova Scotia. Um, my friend Donna Paisley, who started a um, fundraiser there, Pink in the Valley, because they didn't have anything. And she, she and I were friends and she's like, I want to do something for you. And so I'd go out every year and we have other friends there that she knew because, you know, Nova Scotia, Halifax, that area, um, Wolfville, very small. And they started creating all these things and we do it under prunes or sexy and people from Canada started getting involved and raising money. And the first year we had 60 people at our fundraiser and we raised like three grand. Wow. Had never had a fundraiser. People didn't know. And the next year, the oncology department came out, the nurses, which I think were like four of them, small oncology. And people started just donating stuff and paintings and cars, like uh, one of the car dealerships, I think it was Steel, they would give a $5,000 off a new car if you wanted to buy it. And, you know, just to raise awareness everywhere. So I keep it fresh to do that. And, um, then I got on the California prune board because they changed the prunes name on the boxes to pitted plums. And oh. I would write them. Yeah, you see it, it says pitted plums, right? <laughs> so I just started writing a prune is a prune by any other name. And just like a rose, you don't call it a pitted flower. I mean, I was just like really in it, right? And a couple of years ago, they sent me a letter telling, you know, I said, um, dear Rain Thomas, we're happy to let you know we are going to change it back to <laughs> on the box <laughs> they're probably like this woman is insane right, right. i'm sure they thought that. <laughs> so they changed it and then i started advocating for prunes having their own holiday which is june 15th which is my birthday and that happened a few years back anybody <clears throat> excuse me anybody who does any kind of event where they serve anything in the prune family a portion goes to uh survivors or patients or survivor families for you know whatever it is they want to do is make sure they're vetted and um then of course the andy griffith show folks in mount airy north carolina they do mount airy days which is all the people from the andy griffith show or their families if they're no longer alive and we get together and we celebrate the andy griffith show and i am the prune queen from the prune pitter episodes <laughs> see so just Look at this as an example of where this has taken you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that isn't answering a call, I don't know what is, you know, and changing the view of the world about the prune and which I have always loved. So good for you. Thank and you. And think of how many clean colons are out there. Oh, the <laughs> wellness aspect of it is very, really, it's really important. So, and so if I were listening and I wanted to have a prune t-shirt or prunes are sexy t-shirt or do some sort of campaign in my neighborhood, how would I, isn't there a prunesaresexy.com website? 
No, we took that down because people don't really look at websites anymore. Everybody gets in touch with you on either Facebook or Instagram. Okay. I was just spending money on a website that people never look because they'd look at one second and then they would text me anyway, or they would get in touch with me on Instagram. So um, yeah, they, I just have people go to Instagram or Facebook or they can email me and, I'll, I'll, you know, if they want to do it with me involved, we talk about having me come out to wherever they are. And we first we sit together and talk, see what it is you're trying to do. How much money are you trying to raise? Are you just doing an awareness thing? Do you want me to perform? Do you want me to stand back and watch? You know, what is it you're trying to gather? And then we just kind of do the details. We pick a date. We, you know, is there somebody you want to honor? Or are you just honoring your local oncology uh, medical area, a medical nurse, or is there a family that, you know, the wife passed away and you want to do something in her honor. So we just answer all those questions. And if they want a t-shirt, I'll tell them when the next, you know, prunes a sexy t-shirt blast is going to happen. Cause that too is limited. You can only get that t-shirt at that particular time. Oh, I didn't know that. So we'll put your info in the show notes, but it's, it would be at prunes are sexy on Instagram and probably the mm-hmm. same on Facebook. Right. Or you can just rain rain Thomas at prunes or sexy if they want to email me. Rain Thomas. They can do prunes or sexy at hotmail.com. And rain is R-H-A-Y-N-E. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's wonderful. And again, I'm I'm thinking I need to write down these things that are going to be closing out soon because I want to make sure I want a prune <laughs> so sexy t-shirt. So <laughs> So I'm watching the time and I'm thinking, I got more here. I got to ask you about. So loving, living and alive show. What's that about? Actually laughing, loving and alive. And that's okay. Okay. Alive. Uh, I did a short film a few years back, um, Loving Martin. And the uh, producer, director, I call Elmer everything. We actually became friends. And I said, you know, the, sh- the, the film was about a, uh, a young man who fell in love with someone who wasn't good for him. And I'm his best friend. I'm actually my significant other, she passed away from breast cancer. So they thought I'd be a good fit. And consoling him and trying to get him back to where excuse me, where things happen, you got to get back in life to inspire people to, to love and to continue to laugh. And so, I don't know, maybe a year later, I called um, Elmer and I said, maybe we could do something else to inspire people. And he talked about a podcast, you know, excuse me, I'm waiting for the rotary phone to come back. So I'm probably the last person to talk about anything with technology. I said, well, you figure out how that works. And he's like, I have a friend, Dr. Kevin Emery, who's had a talk show for 25 years. Maybe we could, the three of us could come up with something. And um, we got our heads together and boom, laughing, loving, and alive. We only bring on people who can inspire other people through something that's funny or being alive or love or a combination. We don't do anything with politics and religion and none of that. So you want that, you go somewhere else. Yeah, that tends to divide people instead of bring them together. Yeah, but I actually, so I looked up Loving Martin because you had mentioned it when we talked and number one, it won a gazillion awards. It um, 
won the short what is it the short um video i don't know there were so many i know but the it won an emmy um so it was really acclaimed and i read the the, the critic responses about it to it and which it was well received obviously but i wanted to note that and um you know because you wouldn't say it probably that um a couple of them said the the um how did they put it the your particular um contribution really made really made the film and that's wonderful rain i mean wow yeah yeah it was an honor. It was a great cast. Elmer is doing some amazing things coming up that I can't talk about either. Okay. Um, but it, it was, you know, there's not so much you can fit in 20 minutes or 21 minutes. And for him to nail it and to give me a role where I didn't have a lot of, you know, screen time, but I had enough to make an impact and, you know, have people say, wow, just to bounce back from tragedy and know that you can still move ahead. That was really important to me because I know one of the critics, they sent it to me and they said, that guy is really tough. And for him to give out a gracious uh, review, that, that, that made it for me. So yeah. I would think, I would think, I thought that was, that was wonderful. And I wanted to be sure to mention it. So I'm looking at my list and we've talked about it's getting shorter, <laughs> getting shorter. But the thing that introduced us way at the beginning was your book, Gracieisms. And what was that mm -hmm. about? Well, you know, my parents are from the South and my mom, especially, she had all of these, I used to call them Gracieisms when, you, you know, it, in the South, nobody says what people in the North say. I'm a New York City girl to my heart. So growing up, you know, if you ask my mother something, I'd say, well, if I did this, or if I did that, and she'd look and she was super Southern. She's like, well, if the bullfrog would have had a brass behind when he jumped off the bridge, he'd be here to talk about it today. What the heck does that mean? We don't have any bullfrogs. Bullfrogs don't have brass behind. So she had all of these nuggets and the rest of the family did too. And I somehow remembered about 400 and some and put them in there. And, you know, my dad has his own section because that's a whole different kind of gracieism. But there were tons of those. And, you know, meeting people and going back to the South and talking to people. And, you know, and I hear people say, oh, such and such is such a nice guy, but bless his heart. I already know what that means. That person's a moron. <laughs> Oh my God, give, give us one more, one more. Um, my mom used to say, everything that's good to you ain't good for you. Yeah, yeah so, there are just thousands. And so is your book still in print? Can we yes, still? Yes, it is. Yeah, you go to Amazon, it'll pull up all my books. Okay, because there's more than one. There's five. Okay, can you name them all for us? <laughs> If I remember, there is, um, hey, Amy, I'm a black lesbian rabbi and other spiritual insights. <laughs> and that comes from sitting up too late with a good friend, Amy, on the phone. And it talks about, it, it's another one to inspire you. 
There is no black lesbian rabbi to date that I know of, but it, it just shows collect all these people and the, the things you go through. And, and then I did a book on garage sailing about things you shouldn't, should and should not buy or sell. <laughs> and then there's I'm 40, I'm feisty, and there's a gray hair in my what? And other surprises after age 25. And it makes fun. And it's me. I talk about me. My books are candid. And um, if I know you, you end up in my books. And it's just talk about aging and some of the surprises and you know how to laugh about it as opposed to being depressed about it. And so it's just this whirlwind of books to just make people. Right. Right. Which is why you say your mission is to make others feel alive through your voice and sense of humor and to make right. us laugh. And laughing is just the best thing ever. Ever ever yeah so all right then is there anything that i didn't ask you about or mention and i could have done a lot more but that you wish you could talk about no not necessarily i always leave that to the host because you know for me they're just things that i do and until somebody brings them up i don't even think about them twice right because you're still doing here and doing there. Right. So if someone were to say, well, what's Rain doing now? I mean, what, after talking to Susanna, she goes out into the blistering Las Vegas heat and what does she do? I don't know. It just depends on whatever pops in her head is, you know, like I said, I'm getting ready to add to the um, Rain Wear Never Alone collection. But in the meantime, there's always something we're always racing and ripping and I last year I was bored so I grew fruit in the house I grew like strawberries and figs and tomatoes and and then you know once I ate all those I'm like okay what's the next thing now what can we do next and and I do these planters that I've done my whole life the old mannequin heads and I'll go to farmers markets and sell those and they grow plants and herbs but it's the old doll head my friends are like that is creepy <laughs> They're always looking at you. Yeah, boy. I can show you a quick one. I have one right in front of you. I'm getting up. I'm okay. getting up. All right. So this is, these are two. Here's one. Oh, that is creepy. So if you're <laughs> not on YouTube, so it's like an old doll head. Oh my yes. God. I used to have dolls like that with, crazy hair plant hair coming out of it okay but so if you have old doll heads send them to me <laughs> all right so rain i have to let you go but i want to ask you one more question okay the women maybe men but mostly women will be listening to this show what advice do you have for them on their journey whatever it is their call is and how they're responding what would be the encouragement or the advice that you'd give them um i just use the old adage to thine own self be true yeah. and one that someone coined that i did a, a speaking engagement i said the biggest cancer is the one in your mind and if you can get past the things in your mind that say, don't do it, or the people, the naysayers, the haters, you know, that's, 
that's part of it. just go do it. And a lot of times you need to do stuff in silence. Sometimes you can't share stuff with people because they want you to give them a definitive answer as how it's going to work. You may not know that yet. You may be on the step and you can't see the staircase and they want you to tell them about the staircase and the next landing and that doesn't work. So I always say, you know, do it in silence. And when you come out, people are like, when were you working on that? How did that happen? That's the best advice ever. Good. To thine own self be true. Absolutely. Of course, now I'm thinking, what would your mother say? My mother, she wouldn't say. My mother chose to be illiterate and she chose to be a doormat. And that was by choice because she was like, I'm so beautiful. I want to do nothing. So that was another reason I was not going in that direction. So there's no Gracieism for this. I don't think she could even understand the depth of that. But I've got to think somewhere she's on a cloud and looking down on her daughter and very proud. I think she's looking up. I just have to say that. So yeah. All right. So I would like to thank you again, Rain. And I hope sometime we'll be able to see each other again in person, maybe at an airport, maybe someplace else. Yes, sounds fun. I look forward to it. Okay, thanks a bunch. Take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Life Heroines with Susanna Liller. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more about Susanna and how she can assist you in your heroine story, go to SusannaLiller.com forward slash blog or find us on social media and YouTube by searching Susanna Liller. You can also email us directly at Susanna at SusannaLiller.com. We'd love to hear from you. To be encouraged and inspired outside of the show and blog, check out You Are Heroine, a retelling of the hero's journey written by your host and coach, Susanna, available on Amazon. Until the next time, be well, heroine.